talking about, there's there's a scripture that we based this a whole series on that has to do with being divine partakers of Christ. That's what it says. It talks about it in Peter, where it says that through the death of Jesus Christ, through what he's done, he gives us the opportunity to be partakers of the divine nature. And so we have something that's not us. We have something that is greater than us, that comes from our relationship with Jesus. And I think this is one of the keys that we have to have if we're going to live the life that God has made available to us. It's going to be through the power of Jesus Christ. And it's going to be through... um, his work on the cross, his empowering by the Holy Spirit. And so today I want to talk about one of the the things that God gives us. He gives us a divine position in the body of Christ to touch the earth. So there's our divine position. In other words, this is something that comes from God. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not, the church is God's idea. Not necessarily the way we run it and do, you know, because there's different ways and all these kind of things. The, the scripture doesn't say you have to do this, then this, then this, and then this. So we see a lot of different variety in the church, but the church as a whole, the body of Christ, is God's idea. And it comes from Him and only from Him. And so that's why it's so important for us to understand his purpose for the body of Christ and to partake in that as much as we possibly can. But here's what I want to say, and especially this idea. Um, I didn't do this sermon with with the idea of what I said at the very beginning because I believe the Lord showed me that this morning. He wants to do a shift in our identity. I I believe this. I, I think that most people, and maybe you're not included in this, but most people that I come in contact with don't know how important they are for the kingdom of God. They just don't understand that they have a key position to play and a a key place in God's plan. And so what we do is we look at ourselves and we think, well, who am I? What am I? We just don't think that we, we have what it takes to do the things for God. Or we look at our past. We look at situations that we've done. I'm unworthy. I'm, I can't even do this. And, and we think about this. But here's one of the things that really, that really gets me is, and maybe makes me lament, in, if you want to say that. Makes, it makes my heart sad sometimes to think of how many in the body of Christ are convinced, they're absolutely convinced that they're unimportant, unworthy, ungifted, unnecessary, and unneeded. There's a lot. And I don't know, maybe you can check your brain. What do you think about yourself? How important are you? And if you're, you got a low score on that one, then you don't understand who you are in Christ. You don't understand the place that He's actually given you and wants you to step into. 
And it's never just for us. You know, that, this is one thing that's so important for us to understand is that when we step into what God has for us, it always affects others. It's always for others, not just for ourselves. It's not so we can say, look at who I am. It's so we can be in the position to minister his life to other people. And that's why the enemy wants to beat us down because if we don't have confidence in Christ, if we don't have confidence in who he says we are, then we, we don't step out. We don't do the things that he asks us to do. We just sit back and say, who do I think I am? Now, if you think God's made you king of the universe, you can that's wrong, obviously. But he does have a place in his kingdom for you. So I'm here to tell you today, first of all, that you're vital to the growth of God's kingdom. You're vital to what God wants to do on this earth. You're vital what he wants to do in this city. You're an important part because God's created you, God's saved you, God's called you into his kingdom, and God's placed you within his body. It's very important. You're vital to the growth of God's kingdom. And so that's this idea, well, I'm unimportant. No, you're not. No, you're not. And you'll see that as we continue on. Second thing, you know, we say, oh, I'm unworthy. I, I just, I'm not worthy. Well, you've been made worthy by the blood of Jesus. Every one of us is on an equal playing field. There's not one of us that doesn't have a past. There's not one of us that haven't sinned against God. There's not one of us that haven't needed to be saved. There's not one of us that can say, I'm in this position because of how awesome I am. Not one of us can say that. But then what we do is we, oh, I'm unworthy. I did this, I did that. Instead of allowing God to take us out like David said he he took me out of the miry pit he set my feet upon a rock and then how the word of God talks about us being clothed in the righteousness of Christ that we stand before God righteous and holy and we can walk in in newness of life because of what he's done our past doesn't define our future our past doesn't limit us to what God has for us. We can walk out of the past because of the blood of Jesus. And we can begin to walk in a new way with a new confidence and a new boldness. It, it just takes us understanding. And it's not just a mental thing. It's a revelation thing. It's, a, it's God opening our minds to the value of who we are in Him. That's the way it is. And it's very important. And so... I want you to I want to say this too and this you're uniquely gifted. There's no one else like you in the world. Period. You know how they do that fingerprint thing? No one has the same fingerprint. You know how they do it with the eyeball? No one has the same kind of eyeball. With that same thing, there's no one like you. I have people say all the time, "Wow, you look just like." Or you act just like you just remind me of this person. But we're so different, we're so unique that even if you put us side by side and we looked identical, there'd be differences because of who we are and what we've been through and what God's gifted us with. 
and all of those kind of things. You're uniquely gifted like no other person in the world, period. And that's not a joke. It's not said to, oh, let's build you up. It's true. I want to build you up, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm puffing things, making it sound more important than it really is, but it's reality. It's reality in God's kingdom. And I like this one. (laughs) So your part to play is necessary or God goofed up. Because it says that he places everyone in the body. He's gifted everyone. He's, t- he's given us all these things. He's given us these wonderful promises. We have everything that we need for life and godliness. And if you want to argue with that, then God goofed up. I guess God just messed up. But we know he doesn't. So that's why I think that's fun. But you're needed to help the body grow. And we're going to see how this works. We're going to see how it works. I preached on this passage we're going to read towards the end. I've left it to the end on purpose. And I want us to look at some different aspects of this. You know, Paul uses the concept of a body, that there's, we're, we're part of the body of Christ. And as being part of the body, the body has many members, right? Hands and feet and elbows and ears and eyes and nose and mouth and feet and just all the different pieces and parts, but it's all hooked together. If my arm was laying over there, wouldn't be part of my body, right? Has to be hooked together. And so he uses that illustration, but I, I want to use a couple of different ones, and I want to show how and why we're so important in, in God's plan. All right, let's, let's look at clock gears. Now, when you look at this thing, this is just the inside, inside of an old watch, I guess, or a clock, you can see the different gears. You can actually see that there's totally, there's similar looking ones, then there's, you know, different sizes. There's that one on the bottom that, that looks quite a bit different from the other ones. But you can see that every single one of them is in there, and every single one of them has a reason. And so we're going to look at this. Let's, let's, let's ask the question, which one of those is unnecessary? Which one? You pick one. And if you take it out, I guarantee you the watch will not work. You take out even the smallest gear, the smallest, the most seemingly insignificant little cog, or whatever they call those things. If there was a watch person here, they'd be going, he doesn't know what he's talking about, and you'd be right. (laughs) But I do know if you take out one of those, It's not going to work because every part is necessary. Every part is necessary for the watch or the clock to work the way that it was designed to. So here's the thing that we need to understand. Every one of them is vital to the proper working of the clock. Every one. You starting to see something? You might not think you're important, but you are. And, and we're going to keep finding out ways in which that's true. So if you think about this, even though there's this big main one and there are all these other smaller ones and these even teeny tiny ones, 
Every single one of them are equally important. Because if you don't have them all, there's incompleteness. Now in the case, obviously, of a watch, it'll stop working. Everything else could be in there. Everything else could be fine, but it won't do what it's created to do, which is to keep time. Now the same isn't true in the church, because we can keep having church, we can keep doing things, but I'm saying this, is that if God's called you to a church and you're not part of it, it's incomplete because he has a picture of the whole. It's incomplete if we're not part of it. It's incomplete if we don't bring our gifts in. It's not what it could be because of that. And so that's why every one of us is of equal importance. You see, we have, maybe we've been trained this way, especially in America. You know, we go, ooh, these, these pastors, ooh, these, these big evangelists, ooh, the te- television ministries, all these kind of things, there, that's what's important. But you know what? If you think about it, would, would the television person be able to do anything if they didn't have a television crew? Would they be able to do anything if they didn't have people behind them funding the need for that? There's thousands and thousands of people behind ministries that actually cause them to work and to function and to to go properly. But see, that's the point. Each one's important. Everyone's important to the whole. And they're necessary. And this is what's fun, too. Each one serves a purpose. Not every one of these things is the same shape, size, anything like that, but they each have their specific function. And that's why it's so important for us to know who we are in Christ and know the gifts that God has given us and to serve Him in those areas because He's gifted us. God does not ask us to do stuff that He's not equipped to equip us with, that He's not willing to to pour into us the life that's necessary for us to do the things that He wants us to do. He has all those things available. So that's, that's very important. Each one serves its own purpose. And then again, with this idea of various size and shapes... Sometimes what we can do is we can look at other people. We can look at other ones. Oh, I wish I had that gift. (laughs) Well, maybe some of you remember this. This happened a long time ago, but there was a time where I almost quit preaching because I listened to Chuck Swindoll. (laughs) I'm serious. Chuck Swindoll's a master. That guy is, he was an incredible, awesome preacher. I mean, I love his preaching, and I'd listen to his sermons, and then I'd compare them to mine, and I'd go, oh, bleh, you know, and oh, I'm terrible, oh, I'm rotten, and I started convincing myself that what I preached was worthless, what I preached was garbage, because I tried to compare myself with someone who's very different than who I am. He's a teacher like I am, but he's, he's very different. And, and that's what we can do is, is we can start looking at others. We can start looking at, oh, I want to be this instead of what God's created us to be. 
You know the best thing you can be? Is you. Because he's created you to be you. And when you're you, it's easier than being someone else. It's a lot easier than me trying to be Chuck Swindoll. You know, there's a couple, one of the guys that in our denomination is Jack Hayford. He was well known and all these pastors under them, there's many times I've heard this, I don't know how many times over the years. And what they would do is they'd get Pastor Jack's cassettes. This is back in the old days. They'd get his cassette, they'd listen to it, and the next week they'd stand up, be Pastor Jack, you know. Yeah, Pastor Jack, you know. (laughs) And they'd preach and they'd stand the same way Pastor Jack stands and use the same illustrations and do all this. And wow, people loved it. And then you know what? Every single one of them has said over the years that God confronted them and said, you're not Pastor Jack. I didn't call you to be Pastor Jack. I called you to be you. Oh, big revelation. Then you got to work a little harder because now you got to come up with some sermons. (laughs) It's easy just to listen to somebody's tape and blah, blah, blah. A little harder to come up with your own and so they learned to do that and of course every one of those were master communicators and excellent pastors and uh, really strong people within our denomination so it's kind of fun and then the other thing is is that every one of these are intricately if I can say that word intricately connected and interconnected They don't touch, every single one doesn't touch every single other one, but they're connected, just like there's the body. It's all connected. This watch is connected. So you can have in your hand all the pieces for a clock, but that doesn't make it a clock. It doesn't make it work. You can have every piece in a pile. Have you ever done it? Taken something apart, couldn't get it back together? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like most of the time. That's not my thing. So we get this understanding. Do you see how important each part is? You're important. You're important. You are important. So now I want to go on with our worship team. And we'll do that in a second here, Josh. But let me set this up. Oh, he already, did he go already? He was ready. So here's, here's what we're going to do. We know that we can just do worship, right? We can do worship a cappella. Go ahead. Here's Josh. A cappella, because there's no instruments. Well, the instruments are up there, but there's no one at them. And he's singing. And guess what? We can worship. Do you know the church, many sections of the church, worship a cappella anyway? And there are some denominations, even in America, where they don't have instruments at all. So there, there is a cappella worship. And a cappella worship is wonderful. But... Just add a guitar. And guess what? 
that adds to the richness, that adds to the sound that's coming out, that adds to, to what's happening. And then let's say we add a vocal. Now we've got two different voices. Now we've got, now we've got a male voice and a female voice, and now we can begin to have some harmony and we can sing and have some differences and uniquenesses that are, that's going to take place. Then let's say we add another vocal. Now we've got a guitar. Now we've got now we've got Faith going to town. Woo! That's our Faithy. She's crazy, and we love her for it. But she's just loving it and and going there. But let's say, well, wait a minute. There's a keyboard back there. Keyboard. Let's add somebody else. Now here's Sayla. She's playing the keyboard. So now, now we've got a little fuller background, nice stuff in the background. We got the guitar going. But what about the bass? We need a bass player, don't we? Boom, 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 boom. Just to help the drummer out and just for them to be together. Now we got Trin. She's jamming. Yeah, I, I should have got her do this so her hair was going, but... Uh, she's jamming there. And then how about Zeal? We put him on the drums. Woo! Now we got full bore. And so now we have a fuller band. And you know, the thing is, is that it fills things out, doesn't it? And it's always better when we have more. Not just to have more, but each instrument serves a purpose. And each person takes a unique gift to sing to play, to do the various things. So now that's my illustration from the worship team. So now let's go to the next one, which is the orchestra. And we're going to learn some things from the orchestra. Oh, I should say this too. You can't be part of a worship team unless you have more than you. (laughs) I'm the worship team team. No, no, I'm not a team. I'm an individual. It takes multiple people to be a part of a team. And so that's important to understand too. All right, so let's get this orchestra. I think some things that we want to see from an orchestra. Now, I don't even know how many pieces that is. It's huge. And, but when the conductor gets up there, right? When he gets up and starts his thing, God desires for us to be in unity. So when the conductor gets up and starts, they're all going to hopefully play the same song. Now you can imagine... The chaos, and you've heard it. How many of you have been to like an orchestra or not as huge as this, but or a band and stuff like when they're tuning up? It sounds terrible. You're there and you're going, I'm going to listen to this wonderful, incredibly great music. And people, you know, and it's just all this noise and racket and it just grinds on you. It's just like, oh man, why do they do that? Well, they want to get in tune. Because they want to be in unity. And they want to be able to to play in the same key. And they want to play the same song. You know, just think what it would sound like too 
if you're playing in two or three different keys. So unity is what God wants. He wants all of us to gather together, find out who we are in him, and come together in unity and play the same song. So earlier in the book of Corinthians, one of the things that he talks about is the strife and the division that's going on within the body. That's not God's plan. He wants us to unify. He wants us to be on the same page, if you want to say that. Play the same song. Move in the same direction in unity. But here's the cool thing. Unity's not uniformity. Uniformity means everyone plays the same instrument. <laughs> Just think, what a great orchestra it would be um, to have a tuba orchestra. Boom, 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 boom. You know, that's, that's what you get. Yeah, maybe you have a couple that they have big ones, little ones, I know, so that might be a variation of the sounds, but you don't have a tuba orchestra because it takes multiple parts, multiple instruments. So uniformity means everyone's the same, and God doesn't want it. He wants unity, which means that we're the same intent, the same purpose. We're going the same direction. We're seeking the same things. But uniformity means everybody has to be the same way. That's not what God has in mind. He has in mind, um, for example, in this orchestra, each person is playing a unique part. They have their own notes to play. And so everyone has to have their own individual sheet music, even though it's the same song. You got the drums over here, kettle drums going, violins going, flutes going, you, um, piccolos, all that kind of stuff. You got all sorts of stuff going on, and everyone has different music. Some of them might be playing the same note, but because of a different instrument, they have a unique sound. And you can pick out those sounds as the music's played. And then they're also playing their own unique instruments, which I think we can equate to our gifts. There's a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. Talks about that in 1 Corinthians 12. And uh, maybe I should just read that real quick because it's, uh, it's a good one to understand. Because there's three different things he talks about in verse 4 of, of 1 Corinthians 12. He says, now there are a variety of gifts but the same spirit. So variety, whole bunch of kinds. There are varieties of ministries. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, pastor, but the same Lord. And there are a variety of effects, which is the outworking of the gifts in a person, but the same God. Some people equate these things with um, there are a variety of gifts, and that's the same Spirit. That's the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's nine gifts that are listed. I don't think it's limited to that. It's just nine gifts that have been listed. And then there are the ministries that Jesus talked about. Those are the fivefold ministry that we understand that's there. And then variety of effects. 
Some, some equate that with, with, the, with the motivational gifts that God gives that's talked about in Romans chapter 6. And there's, there's a variety of those listed. And so, but everything, same God, same Spirit, same Lord. They're all interconnected. They're all interrelated intricately to bring about the whole and the good of the whole. And so we have these unique instruments, each with their wonderful sound that they give. And then hopefully, not only are they on the same song and playing their instruments the way that they're supposed to do, but everyone is in line with the conductor, which is really the Holy Spirit, the moving of the Holy Spirit as he moves in our midst. And we use, and we're used in the gifts that he gives us. We begin to manifest those. And... They're at his direction. They're at his guidance. So we see those, and they're important. Everyone in step with a conductor. All right, so that's three different ways. Now we're going to go to the fourth. We're going to read it. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now go to verses, we're going to start in verse 14, and then we're going to give you a few pointers out of this. Because he gives uh, us a little bit different glimpse. So here we go. For the body is not one member, but many. And if the foot says, because I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body, it is not for this reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, because I'm not an eye, I'm not part of the body, It's not for this reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need for you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it's much truer that the members of the body, which seem to be weaker, see that? Seem to be weaker, are necessary. And those members of the body which are deemed less honorable, on these we bestow more abundant honor. And our less presentable members become much more presentable. Whereas out more presentable members have no need for it. But God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to that which member which lacked. I can read. Uh, Abundant honor to that member which lacked. So that there may be no division in the body but that the members may have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all members rejoice with it. All right, I'm going to point some things out. I'm going to go right through the verses. You're going to see the verses there. I'm not going to read them again, but I want to make some points real quickly about this. The first thing is don't downplay the importance of who you are in the body. 
don't downplay it. So we start immediately, and what does he say? Well, I, I'm not an ear, so I'm not part of the body. They're downplaying it. They say, I have to be certain thing. I have to be a certain, um, I have to be the mouth or the ear or the nose. I have to be something or I'm not a part of the body. He says, don't downplay it. You're a part of the body. If you know Jesus Christ as Lord, you're a part of his body. And if he's called you into the church, you are part of his body. And that's important to realize. But we do it a lot. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. You know, I, every one of us could sit down right now and write down 20 things we're not. It's so easy. Why is that so easy? Well, I'm not this. I don't have that. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't blah, blah, blah. We're so good at it. But if I ask you to put down a list of 20 things that you are and you're good at, as far as the things of God, you'd struggle a little bit more. It's because we're trained in our brain many times through life to think more negative of ourselves than the positive. And so don't downplay your importance. Don't downplay it. Recognize that you are important. And then verse 17, recognize the importance of each part of the body. Every part's important. Every time I talk about this passage of Scripture, I say, which part of your body do you want to hack off? <laughs> what, would you like to, me to remove your hand? How about your foot? Is your foot very important? Well, my feet stink. They really don't, but... We could say, my feet stink. I have athlete's feet. Ah, chop it off. But no, we keep them. Why? Because every part of our body is important. Now, there's some say, well, I'd like a little trim here. You know, give me a liposuction or something. But that's, you know, that's just not that vital a part of your body, is it? But you know what I'm saying? Which part of your body do you want to get rid of? Do you want your nose taken? How about an eye poked out? How about no hearing? You know, we go, no! Why? Because we understand every part's important. Every part's important. So just recognize the importance of the whole body. Because what can happen for us too, I've seen this, is that when we have certain giftedness, certain areas of giftedness in our life, we think that that's the most important thing in the kingdom of God. I, I just guarantee you, because it's in us. God's placed it there, and for us it is, because he wants us to work in that area. And then we can look at others, oh, that's not that important. It is. It is. Hands important. Verse 18, here is what I always want to encourage us to do. Find your place in the body and serve. Because it says that God places each one individually in the body as he desires. So that means if you feel called to this church, God's placed you here. And if you're placed here, he has a purpose for you being here. And if you have a purpose for being here, find it out and do it. 
Now, you might have to talk to me about that a little bit, but do you know what I'm saying? You don't just come in and say, I've had this. I have people come in very, I just meet them. Hi, how are you? Love this church. I play bass guitar. I'll be up there next week. Uh, No, you won't. I'm serious. I've had people do that to me. And they just want to come in. I want to play. Well, why don't you find out if this is where the Lord wants you? If he wants you here, you'll come back more than once. And guess what? None of them ever come back. Oh, you're the best pastor ever. Man, if I have a who, how many times have I heard that? You're so awesome! And then they never come back again. I must have just awed him out of the church. I can't go there. He's too awesome. Yeah, I can't go to a church with too awesome of a pastor. But find your place. Find out what God has for you and use your gifts to build up the body. That's so awesome. And you know what? I'm convinced that we'll never come to a full maturity in our walk with Christ unless we are using our gifts to build up the body. That's what it says in the Bible. It talks about it in Ephesians that each part contributes to the building up the body of itself, to a full stature of Christ. Should have had that passage in there too. Verse 19 and 20. I've already given this advice, but this gives it too. Don't try to be something you're not. Don't try to be something you're not. Be who you are. There's many members of the body. Be you. Verse 21. Recognize your need for the rest of the body. Man, if we could have a picture of this, it would just probably blow our minds. Do you know how many people that... I mean, just even friends that I know, many from years and years, they're not a part of a body. They're sitting at home. They're watching. They're, they're reading books. They're watching stuff on the Internet. They're, they're not turning away from God, but they're not being part of his body either. They're not being part of a local church. They're not using their gifts to build up the body. They're sitting at home and they're feeding themselves It's not God's plan. It's not his plan. I believe he wants every single person in a church because that's the way, it's his design. And so this can happen. It can take place. Recognize that you need the rest of the body. You know, most, a lot of our growth, not all of it, obviously, because we have to walk outside of the church, but a lot of our growth comes as we come together. And a lot of it is as we live life together. There's growth that happens because we support one another. We encourage one another. When we're going through struggles, we come alongside when... Things are going good. We go wahoo, which is the, I shouldn't get ahead of myself, but 
Well, it's so hard to do when you're preaching. And, and, but what we do is, is, is there's a place for us to be together. And when we're by ourselves, usually that's not healthy. Especially if we're going through struggles and we're going through difficulties. It's not, you know, maybe for a week or so or two or whatever, but it's not healthy if we continue on with that because God's created the body to build itself up and encourage and and to bless. Here's a great one. Verses 22 through 24. Realize that those who seem to be weaker are necessary. It says it right there in the Bible. Come on. Those that seem because of the way that we look and view things. That's why we say, oh, I'm not as important as, as, as the pastor. I'm not as important as, as the worship leader. I'm not as important as, and, and we lose that. But he's this, th- that which seems to be weaker is necessary and is given honor in those things. And then in verse 25, there's no division in the body. I want to read that verse. It says, So that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. I already mentioned the divisions that were going on. I'm of Peter. I'm of Paul. I'm of Apollos. I'm of Jesus. And they, there were camps that were divided and they were separating over these teachers. And Paul says, Who in the world is Paul? Who in the world is Peter? Who is Apollos? Who are these but servants of God? Don't divide yourself. And so he says, don't let there be divisions even in the way that we view each other. Because we can do that too. There's no such thing as a second class Christian. Period. Some may think that. And that's where we get into this trouble, isn't it? Oh, I'm second class because I did this. Oh, I'm second class because I didn't do this. I'm second class because, because, because. Where God says, no, we're all on equal footing. We're all cleansed. We're all washed. Then it says, if one suffers, all suffer. If one rejoices, all rejoice. And the idea is very simple. When something hurts the body, it hurts the whole body, whether we're aware of it or not. Now, we're aware. I, I, I'm almost getting the heebie-jeebies because I know what I'm going to say. <laughs> oh. Well, have you ever done that? You think about something you've done? Have you ever got up in the dark and... It doesn't just hurt your toe. I mean, it shoots through every nerve in your body and blows out the top of your head. The health of the body really is determined by the care that we have for one another. And God calls us to rejoice with those who rejoice and to weep 
with those who weep and to bless one another, encourage one another, exhort one another to good deeds, to come alongside and say, come on, keep going, keep going. So I've used a lot of pictures that I hope something, one of those would just click in your brain and say, you know, I am important and what I do matters. And when I'm not here, something's missing. But when I am here, there's something that I bring into this mix that helps build up the body of Christ. Because not everything happens just during the time that we have the worship team here or the preaching goes on. There's times before the service when we can encourage one another. There's times after when we can come alongside of one another. And there's times when we have prayer circles where we gather and we touch one another in the name of Jesus. So there are things that, that we do. Your presence matters. It matters. So Lord, I ask in the powerful name of Jesus, I ask for a breakthrough that you would transform our minds to line them up with your thinking. That you would change our thought process to line up with your thought process. That we would see ourselves as you see us. That we would see ourselves as an important part of the body of Christ. That we matter and what we do can make a difference in the life of someone else. So God, I just pray you got to do it. you got to bring the revelation. So bring that breakthrough. Just stand against every lie of the enemy that we've believed. Every lie that stopped us from moving ahead, every lie that's kept us, held us back from giving ourselves to others, every fear that's blocked our way, I pray for a breaking in the name of Jesus and for a release of new life. Lord, in one sense, let us come out of the grave, receive your resurrection life, and walk in it. Now, Lord, I just I speak your blessing upon everyone in this room. I ask for you to pour out your grace and mercy on them in increasing ways. I pray that their eyes might be open. I, let me just bless you. I pray that your eyes would be open, that you can understand the call and purpose of God. I pray that your eyes would be open to see the needs of others and reach out and seek to meet them for the glory of God. I pray that you would have the compassion of God and the heart of of our Lord, to see his glory come about and to build the body of Christ in honor of his name. Amen.
Amen.